opportunity to hear what work is being done in Zimbabwe. Is that right? Zambia. I knew I was going. I knew I was going to mess it up, right? But uh, we're so glad to have Jamie and Mandy and his lovely daughter with us today. And Jamie, we want to go ahead and come up. This is a missionary we support. Let's give him a hand. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. Well, good morning. It is great to be back with you here at Porterfield Baptist Church. And we, first of all, want to just say thank you for your love and support ever since 2012 when we were first with you and you joined with us in partnering to reach Zambia. Now, as we begin today, uh, I just want to continue the theme of worship that we've already had started as we've sung praises to the Lord this morning. I mean, we do worship the unstoppable God. The impossible things that we look at and say, no way, they can be done. Nothing is impossible with God. There truly is no one like him. His love, his grace, his very nature that transforms us when he comes into our lives and, and redeems us from our sin and adopts us into his family. That's what this is all about. And so if you think back all the way to 2012 when we first uh, entered into this partnership of reaching Zambia, we shared with you the story of God's pursuit and care for Zambia. This is a story about God, not about the Smiths. It never has been about the Smiths. He was at work long before we ever arrived in Zambia. And he's going to continue working long after we're gone. And that's the, the, the idea that we must keep in mind. Because I know when we hear missionary presentations, it's zooming in from all over the globe into one specific place. And it's easy to get caught up into the stories that the missionaries share and, 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 and in their lives. And, and we want you to know our lives. But the reality is this. This is God's story. He's the main character. And each and every one of us in this room just play a supporting role to let everyone else around this world know how great our God truly is. And so we are partners in that endeavor together. You, you are the ones who've sent us out to be ambassadors. That's what missionaries are. We're, we're ambassadors representing the Lord's kingdom, his church, into new, uncharted territory, often hostile territory towards the things of the gospel, so that those who do not yet know him recognize how great he is and come to know him and put their faith in him as well. And so that's, that's what we're going to do today, is take you into the next chapter of the story. We were with you in 2016, and we shared with you the, the, basically the expanding horizon from where we had started off living in a tent very far out in a village setting, ministering to a village of around, oh, about 5,000 people, to now being in the second largest city in Zambia and ministering to people from all over the continent of Africa. The horizons were expanded, and today we want to take you into the third chapter of that story, making disciples in every tribe, tongue, and nation. Would you open up your Bibles to Revelation chapter 7 as it, it takes us to the very uh, throne room of God so that we recognize why it is that we are doing what it is we are doing there in Zambia. As you turn there, you can see on the screen that this truly is a family endeavor. It's a family ministry, and I'm so glad that Eric introduced it as such. 
In just a short time, you're going to hear from my wife, Mandy, and my daughter, Lorelai. But we all serve and minister together in Zambia. It's not a one-man show. Uh, Today, my daughter, Georgia, is with family back in Cincinnati, Ohio. So she's not with us, but sends her greetings. And our two sons are enjoying the children's ministry here today. Uh, Warwick and Chola, hopefully you'll get to, to see them. But let's turn our attention here to Revelation chapter 7, where John is given a glimpse into eternity future, which is as good as done, and yet is still something yet to be experienced by us as we join with the other saints of God around the throne of of, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And and here we see, starting in verse 9, John writes, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number. From every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's the message we just sang together, by the way, isn't it? The God of the impossible. There's no one like him. His love and his grace have transformed us. And so here we are together now asking the spirit of the living God. We want to hear your voice. Father in heaven, we gather here now not to switch gears into a different mode or or, or presentation of what's happening across the world in Zambia. But rather to continue the story of what you've been doing throughout creation from the beginning of time. Lord, as we continue now and we look at to your word, that's exactly what we're asking is that you in your Holy Spirit would speak to us because when you come into the room, you do what only you can do and it changes us. And so we pray right now as we are in this room together that you would open our eyes to the truths of your word regarding missions so that we could then go out and see the fruit of it. We're going to look at your word to see the work of missions, and we're giving a report on what is happening because of that work in Zambia today. It doesn't just change those that we go and minister to. As we see what you are doing, what only you can do, it does change us. And so, Father, we do pray that today we would not leave the same way that we came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we are, the Smith family, your missionaries to Zambia. As you can see on the next slide, you'll see where Zambia is. It is in the southern central part of the continent of Africa. And Zambia likes to be known as the real Africa because in many ways it's exactly like what you still see on all of those movies or The Lion King. There's not a whole lot of infrastructure. There's not a lot of cities. Uh, There's a lot of of wildlife and, and, and dirt roads and, and friendly tribal people. And yet you're going to see Africa and Zambia in particular is changing. And, and so it is the real Africa. There, there's, there's two Africas. There's the rural Africa and the urban Africa. And we're going to share more about that with you today. Now, when we were sent to Zambia, it was with a purpose, with a mission. As you can see from this next slide, we were sent to Zambia to facilitate an indigenous church planting movement 
throughout Africa by doing these three things. First of all, motivating the local churches that already existed in Africa to start engaging in the Great Commission. Number two, to model for them what a healthy church plant looks like. And then number three, train African leaders to plant more healthy churches. And each one of those are very key ingredients to seeing a church planting movement. And I think it's important that we understand the difference between just going out and planting a church, which is basically addition, and a good thing that I'm not criticizing at all. But I think what we find from Scripture is more of the idea of a church planting movement. It's exactly what you see Paul write to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2, where he says that the things that you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, now you, Timothy, teach to faithful men who are able to teach others also. And so you've got generations of, of discipleship happening there. Because the Apostle Paul came in after the other apostles. So you've already got the apostles, and, and, and Paul originally was persecuting the church. Well, now Paul's a believer, so you've got your second generation, and he's saying to Timothy, the things that you've heard from me, now you teach to faithful men who can teach others also. You've got five generations of discipleship happening there. That's a, that's a movement. It's something that outlives you and outpaces you and goes farther than you ever can go yourself. That's what we need to be seeing in our missions endeavors throughout the world today. How's that going to happen? Well, God's already been at work before our day and age. Missionaries came before us to Zambia. David Livingston was there in Zambia. He's the one that discovered Victoria Falls. There's a town called Livingston, Zambia. Other missionaries have come and started this work, but many times the local churches had kind of gotten to the point where they knew what they believed, but they didn't know how to pass it on to others. And they became stagnant, like so many of our churches right over here in America can as well. We're so used to taking in, but what about giving out? We all need to be reminded that the Great Commission is for all of us, not just a few select people who go overseas, not just for pastors who stand in a pulpit. And so we needed to motivate the local churches to engage in the Great Commission. We did that in the southern province. Now we've been doing it up in our new area that we've been in since 2015 in what is called the Copper Belt Province. We've been modeling for them what a healthy church plant looks like. First, we did that with two village churches out in the village of Nambaza, and then now up in the city of Kitwe at Kitwe Church. And then the training of African leaders to plant more healthy churches. We're doing that through Central Africa Baptist College. And so today what we're going to do is give you an overview, snapshots from each of those types of ministry. And to help you see the, the direction that we're going in, we have to understand what we just read in Revelation 7. The end goal is that one day there will be people from every nation, tribe and language gathered around the throne of God because they themselves have repented of their sin and put faith in Christ. How are they going to do that unless they hear? And so we have a vision for what we want to see happening in Africa. As we look at this next slide, join me in envisioning this to become a reality. Our vision is to facilitate obedience to the Great Commission until every village, every town, and every city across Africa has been reached through the presence of a gospel-centered local church. Not, not because of our presence, but because the presence of the local churches that will be planted there. Now, for you to recognize just how big of a vision that is, how God-sized of a vision that is, you need to understand how big the continent of Africa is. I mean, remember, 
We sang the song, Unstoppable God, the impossible things shall be done. Let's see how impossible this is. Let's look at the next slide. If you were to envision the continent of Africa like a plate, and then you were going to take other countries from around the world and put them onto a plate, this is all of the countries that you could fit onto the continent of Africa. The United States would only cover the southern part of the continent. To fill it up the rest of the way, you would have to put China, Mexico, India, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, Siberia, and even Japan to fit on top of the island of Madagascar. That is an enormous continent. Now remember, our vision is to see the gospel spread out until every village, every town, and every city across this continent has been reached. Well, we can't do that alone. How's it going to happen? By training faithful men who can teach others also. This is carrying out the Great Commission. We, we use that word all the time, Great Commission, but you actually don't find the phrase in Scripture anywhere. What you do find is the commission that is so great, clearly listed for us in Matthew 28, where Jesus says to the disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now you go therefore. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. As you look at that, what we see are two important and inseparable components. Evangelism, making of disciples, but then, verse uh, 20, teaching them to observe all things. That's discipleship. That means not just bringing spiritual newborns into the world by, by sharing the gospel and seeing them put their faith in Christ, but now raising them to maturity so that they too can join the efforts of being ambassadors who pass along the same gospel message. Well, this truly is a God-sized vision, isn't it? One of the things that I love to do is share some, some biblical challenges to the congregations that lovingly support us. And today I want to share a challenge with you. And that would be this. Let's leap by faith rather than shrink back in fear. And to illustrate that, we're going to look at one of the African animals. We're going to look at the African impala as we go to the next slide. The African impala is one of the iconic animals of the continent. Everybody knows it. And they are an extraordinary animal with great abilities. And I want us to compare ourselves to the Impala today. You see, the Impala has an amazing ability to jump, and yet often it's limited by a lack of visibility. As we go to the next slide, we'll see what I mean by that. You see, a, an Impala has the ability, without even getting a running start, to jump distances up to 33 feet. And so if I was going to mark this off from this pole right here to that speaker is about 33 feet without jumping, or without running, they can jump what just took me about 12 steps to reach. That's amazing. But if you took that same animal and put it out there on the basketball court, it could do a self-slam dunk. They can, they can clear bushes and other obstacles up to 10 feet high. So it could go out there and whoosh, right through the hoop every time without even having to get a running start. Truly a magnificent animal with great abilities. And yet if you've ever been to the zoo you've probably noticed they're not kept behind really high fences. 
There's no 15-foot-tall chain-link fence holding them in. All you need to hold an impala inside of its enclosure is a solid rock wall fence that they can't see through. It needs to be about waist-high because their line of sight is about six inches lower. If they cannot look through and see where their feet are going to land, an Apollo will never take the leap. They never jump to a location where they cannot see their landing spot ahead of time. And I think that's so true of us as Christians. We know what God wants us to do. He just told us. He wants us to be his witnesses, to go and make disciples. So, when you know that you need to be sharing the gospel with that family member— These are usually the hardest ones, right? The family member. Why? Because you have an ongoing relationship with them, and you want it to be pleasant and not not awkward all the time. And, and, And you know God wants you to share the gospel with them, and yet you shrink back in fear because you think, I would do it if I just knew they were still going to like me at the end of this. If I knew our our relationship wasn't going to be ruptured, then I would do it. That's shrinking back in fear. Maybe some of you, as Eric mentioned, maybe some of you sense that God wants you to go into vocational ministry of some sort. Maybe to be a missionary overseas. Maybe it's not even going and uprooting your your family to go full-time. Maybe it's just going on a short-term trip. And yet you think, if I just knew I wasn't going to get malaria, if I just knew, whatever it might be, then I'd do it. Let's bring it even closer to home. I saw some wonderful advertisements saying the audiovisual team could use some help. And maybe the Lord has been laying that on your heart. And yet you're going, oh, you know, the only time those guys get noticed is when something goes wrong. Right? And I don't want that to be me. If I just knew I'd be good at it. If I just knew everyone was still going to love me, even if there was a mistake, I would do it. See, that's shrinking back in fear. The call to the Christian life is a call of faith. In Hebrews 11 verse 1 We are told now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And just jumping down a few verses, we find that without faith it is impossible to please God. Don't wait to be able to see where your feet are going to land. If the Lord has laid something on your heart, and, and let's just, if he has clearly told you in his word, I mean, it's literally in black ink on a white page. He's told you what you should do, and yet you shrink back in fear. I just want to know how it's going to go. I I want to know the end. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Don't wait to see. Trust the Lord. With that in mind, we want to now shift gears and share with you some of the wonderful opportunities, as well as what often people look at as obstacles for for seeing this vision come to reality of of reaching Africa and seeing every village, tribe, and tongue reached. If we can move to the next slide. We want to share with you Africa, the gospel, and you. The real Africa still exists. What we see in the movies, the bush, the mud huts, the cooking fires, the witch doctors, it's all still there. But Africa's changing over time, and it's changing very quickly. Many of us think of Africa as a country. When we first started raising support to go to Africa, so many people asked us, are you going to learn to speak African when you move to Africa? And 
Here in the United States, we're one big country, but Africa is a continent with many different countries, many different cultures, many different people groups. If we'll move to the next slide. Um, these are just in the next one. Um, these are just quick pictures of our life in the bush. Um, the next slide, please. Um, the grass thatch. Uh, that's actually our water heater, that little chimney. Um, and, and we lived in the bush. We loved the relationships there. We loved the culture. We loved our neighbors. Uh, we loved our life in the bush and what the Lord was doing there. Um, if we'll go to the next slide. Africa is the fastest urbanizing continent in the world. Uh, people are leaving the bush coming to the city, looking for better jobs, education for their children, a better hope for their future. Um, next slide, please. And if you look around Africa, you're going to see a lot of Western influence. There are upscale shopping malls in certain parts of the country. Uh, in our city, we have now two shopping malls. Um, this is not one of them. <laughs> They're not that nice, but just the fact that we have a shopping mall in and of itself totally made me feel like I was moving back to America when we moved up to Kitwe. Next slide, please. But these people coming from the bush, moving into the cities, hoping for a better future for their families, a lot of them are ending up in these what we call compounds. Uh, from that shopping mall in our city, if you walk 20 minutes outside of that, you're going to find areas like this. This is where the majority of the population in the cities live, and it's such a bad situation. Uh, we just recently had a cholera outbreak because of these types of living conditions. There are abuses of every kind, drugs, alcohol, sexual abuse, um, that just run rampant in these communities. And so these people come in looking for a better hope, a better future, and then they find themselves worse off many times than when they first started. Uh, next slide, please. But even then, a lot of sub-Saharan Africa considers itself Christian nations. Zambia itself is considered a Christian nation. If you look statistically, Zambia is a Christian nation. You ask them, yes, we're Christians. This is a Christian nation. Uh, but this is just something that Satan uses to, to uh, redefine Christianity and to blind people to the truth of what a Christ follower truly is. It's not a nationality. It is uh, something completely different. If we look at the next slide... Um, we also have a huge overtaking of the prosperity gospel in Zambia. If you can imagine leaving your village, your town, moving into the city, hoping for a better future, ending up in those squalid conditions, and then you have this prophet come in and hold a rally and tell you that if you just do this, if you just give enough money, if you just do this, if you have enough faith, God's going to make all your dreams come true. Uh, just last week, we read an article in Zambia, a prophet prosperity gospel prophet, had his people drink bleach. Literally, not from a glass. They were not being fooled. The bleach bottle itself, pictures of him holding it to their mouth as they drink the bleach because it will cleanse the demonic influences from their bodies. And people died. And a lot of people were hospitalized. And that's the blind faith that these people have in these prophets, these prosperity gospel prophets. One in South Africa had people on their knees in the churchyard eating grass for the Lord's blessing. And it's Satan blinding people's eyes to the truth of the gospel, to the God who truly wants to clean their hearts inside and out and to give them the hope for that better future, maybe not in this life, but in the life to come. In the next slide, we see that... Um, the animistic religions are still 
very, very prominent. Many times they try to combine their animistic religions with Christianity. You'll have people who profess faith in Christ for their eternal salvation. Um, but then if there's a physical problem, an illness, they'll go to the witch finder to find out who went to the witch doctor to put the curse on them that's causing this illness. And then they'll go to the witch doctor to get the counter curse to put on the person that cursed them so that they have this illness and the illness will go away. But they're a church singing in the choir on Sunday. So, so much great confusion that Satan's bringing into their lives to truly hold them in fear and God's perfect love cast out all fear. In the next slide, um, as most of you know, Islam dominates northern Africa. We have the 1040 window, uh, but that Islam is filtering south. Our church used to meet at a VFW hall right next door to the local mosque. So when people ask where our church was, we'd say, oh, we're at the club next to the mosque, and everyone knew where we were, hear the calls to prayer, see them all coming in for worship, and they offer free education, they offer free food, so people living in those conditions, okay, free education, this is what we came for, free food, our family is hungry, and it also offers free indoctrination and a road to hell, um, away from the God who truly wants to meet all of their needs. The next slide. Here in the West, we're seeing a population decline, but Africa doesn't have that problem at all. Um, it's expected to double the population in the next 31 years. And every generation, just like here, is another generation, another mission field that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when you think about the population increased in, Z in Africa in the next years, there's so much need to be sharing that gospel. Um, if we go to the next slide... Right now, there are approximately 987 unreached people groups. In the, next, in the next slide, we see that's around 379 million unreached people just in Africa alone. And all of these obstacles are opportunities for us to be able to share God's love, to show them what true Christianity is, to speak the truth of the Word of God into their hearts and into their lives so that they can see the true saving power of Jesus Christ the almighty God that they serve, that unstoppable God who makes all impossible things happen is God that we want to show them, not these false things that are being promoted all around our continent, all around our world. So thank you for sending us to Zambia. Um, thank you for supporting us and allowing us the opportunity to serve and to share in this truly amazing place and to see God working the way that he is. And so you can see... When we sing these songs on a Sunday morning, I know we think about the challenges we're facing. Challenges with family and work. And, and, and those are all real and, and very, very needed. And yet, think about all that's happening elsewhere around the world. When we sang that song, The God of the Impossible, notice we weren't saying he'll give you all the money you need and all the wealth that you desire. It, all, that whole message was he will save you from your sin. He will heal your soul. He will transform your life. Despite all the obstacles that you see from that last segment of Africa, the gospel, and you, yeah, there are what we often look at and shrink back in fear because we think of them as obstacles, when in reality, as Mandy pointed out, we should be leaping in faith like the Impala because those things leave people hungering for God. And now we're going to share with you how the God of the impossible has been transforming lives through Keatway Church. Now remember, when we went, we were facilitating an indigenous church planning movement first by 
uh, and getting the local churches there to engage in the Great Commission. One of the local churches in Kitwe was the parent church to Kitwe Church. And a team of us missionaries got Kitwe Church started. And, and it really started with three missionary families and only about eight people from our target audience to what Lorelei is about to share with you now of a congregation of transformed lives from all over the world. Lorelai. Next slide, please. Kitway Church exists to glorify God by making gospel-centered, reproducing disciples of Jesus Christ. Next slide, please. What God is doing at Kitway Church in the last two years while we've been serving on the mission field, at our church we have had 25 professions of faith, out of that and from people believers already in the church, we had 32 baptized. 55 people joined the church. We exercised corrective discipline on one member, which you probably won't hear in most missions presentations because we view that as a setback. There was a problem. But if you look at a church, there's going to be problems. That's how we learn and grow. So the way that we, we handled it in a way that most churches there didn't know how to and haven't done before. And it turned out to be a growing process, and our church learned and grew and became more mature from that. <laughs> we appointed our first three deacons, and we appointed two new elders, so now we have four pastors. And as my mom said, we were meeting in a VFW hall. And we have outgrown that, so we got our first permanent venue. Next slide, please. This is the VFW hall where we first met. As you can see, there's all sorts of different nationalities. There's South African, Australian, British, Chinese, and people from across Africa because there's mines, the mining for copper up where we live. The main export of Zambia is copper. And so the mission field where we are isn't just Zambia. It's all these people from around the world coming in and there's not churches that speak their language that can teach them. So we speak in English so that we can reach all these people with the gospel. Next slide, please. This is our new venue. And we, after we had grown out of the VFW hall, we needed a place to stay. And God provided this venue. It's an old movie theater, which had only been showing movies for two years out of the 20 that it existed. And so we renovated it, and all the money that renovated what you see there was not missions money. It was funded by the people in the church, in the community, so that we would have a place to stay. Next slide, please. So this is up from the stage. You can see all sorts of different nationalities, and it's very beautiful to see how God can bring all these cultures together to praise him. Next slide, please. So out of this, since we've been learning about God and how much he loves us and what he can do, we need to praise him because of that. So we have a worship team. We decided that we need to focus on scripture. Our songs need to be truth and be focusing on the message that was preached. And we have a once a month, I mean, sorry, a once a week meet and a Bible study on how every worship member is a worship leader to help bring these people to Christ. Next slide, please. So as my dad said, we're trying to have a church planting movement. And so as soon as we were started, one of our goals was to be a missions-minded church. So we have a missions committee. Every single person you see in that photo is from a different country and nationality and cultural background. What they have accomplished so far is we're starting a new church plant in a different part of town where there aren't any churches yet. We already have a new church, another church plant up in a different town called Chingola. And we have our first missionaries to Kenya that were sent out about last month. Next slide, please. So Kitwe Church has a children's ministry. And 
Um, most people wouldn't come if there wasn't somewhere to teach these kids because they can't be paying attention and watching all of their kids at the same time. And we need to be impacting the children's lives with the gospel from an early stage because of Islam and all these things coming at them at school and home. Out of that, we needed teachers. So teacher training is required before we're allowed to go and influence these children's lives with the gospel. The first, the first qualification is you must be saved. And you, we are trained on how to teach all different ages, from two all the way up to young adult. Next slide, please. Um, impact is key way to youth group. Our name is Impact because we need to let God's word make an impact on our lives so that we can go out and make an impact with the gospel in the community around us. We have three main events for the year. We have Sunday Bible studies, um, once a month meet, and a youth camp that ranges about three days and focuses on one theme. Last year's theme was how to guard your heart in an unguarded world against music and media and things like that, and then how to share that information with other teenagers and make a movement of how to help people. Thank you, Lorelai. And as you can see, <laughs> it's exactly as Eric said, we serve together as a family. Um, as the children are there with us at Kitway Church, they're serving at Kitway Church, um, if Georgia were here, she would sing a song for you at this point in time. That's what she loves to do. Lorelai is quite the public speaker. And so thank you, Lorelai, for sharing what God's doing at Keatway Church. So that takes you through. We've, we've motivated the local churches to engage in the Great Commission. We've modeled for them what a healthy church plant looks like. And now it takes us to the final stage. And that's training of African leaders to be able to plant more healthy churches. And so as we look at the next slide, I want to introduce you to Central Africa Baptist College. I've been teaching there since 2015, and this truly is a world-class education, internationally accredited, and it, if it were being held right here in America, it's the kind of college you would want your children or you yourself to go to. Uh, I know a lot of times we look at things happening around the world and we go, oh, yeah, okay, but it, surely it can't be at the same standards as here. Yes. Yes, it really is. As we go to the next slide, I, I want to introduce you to the overall heartbeats of the college. We exist to train the next generation of servant leaders in Africa for Great Commission Living. And as we look at the next slide, you'll see that in our existence since 2006, we now have 101 graduates serving across Africa and the world. If you look carefully, you'll see that's an outlay of the, the world map on that screen. We have a graduate in uh, Canada, uh, Europe, New Zealand, and then all throughout different parts of Africa. This last year, as you'll see from the next slide, we had our, our largest graduating class so far. And they're going out serving in whatever area that they've been trained for. We offer training as chaplains within the military and police, uh, Christian counseling, pastoral theology, global missions, and now education. Getting people trained so that they can teach in the local um, primary schools. And they go out oftentimes to teach in the school, those who are in the education program, but when they go there, they find there's no Bible-believing church in the village or town where they've been stationed by the government. They become the missionary church planters in those locations. As we look at the next slide, this is the couple that Lorelai just mentioned a moment ago who's been sent back to Kenya. This is Seth and Margaret Dionga. 
Seth was the very first graduate from CABC to get a Bachelor of Arts degree in missions. He then stayed for an additional uh, year and got his Master of Arts degree while his wife got her bachelor's degree in missions. And while he was working on his master's degree, he served at Kitway Church as our first pastoral intern. So he could get real-life ministry experience to go with all that education. And now they're back in Kenya. He has been brought on as the assistant pastor of his own church there that, where he grew up. And is planning to be sent out by them to start a new church plant in Kenya soon. So this is very exciting to see. Now as we continue looking at the next slide, think back to the beginning. I said that we're making disciples in every nation, tribe, and and language. These are some of the nations represented in our student body right now. Zambia, Botswana, Angola, Namibia, Congo, and Malawi, they're all neighbors. Zambia's in the center, and the others uh, are surrounding Zambia. But then we reach out further to Kenya, Sudan, South Sudan, Uganda, Ghana. We even have students from China and South Africa now. So we have students within our student body who are from countries that fall within the 1040 window under complete Islamic domination, and yet there they are getting the training to go back and and be the salt and light in their own cultures and communities. We need to equip them for that task. And so on the next slide, you'll see if they're studying to be a a missions student, a graduate in that, that, that's the area that I oversee. I'm the head of the missions department. And, And so they will get everything from evangelism and discipleship to introduction to global missions. In fact, all of our students have to take those two classes, no matter what they're going to go into education or, or pastoral ministry, they all have to do that. But then our, our mission students also get skills for church planting, uh, leadership development, equipping for living in a different culture and, and serving there, handling of church finances on the mission field. That's a big skill that needs to be taught. And so when they graduate with all of these classes, they are fully equipped for the task at hand. And so as we look at the next slide, we then recognize that there are people who cannot attend our college. Either they don't have the ability to leave their home location because they're already pastors. Maybe they don't speak English. Maybe they have never had the education level needed to get a degree. We take the training to them at a Bible Institute level in their language. So part of the missions department is this, theological studies by extension. But with everything happening at the church and everything happening at the college campus, there's no way I can be everywhere. And thankfully, God provided Mandy's parents to come join our team. So her father is now the one implementing all of this. And if we look at the next slide, you'll see what's happened in the last couple of years. In 2016, there uh, was just a handful. Let's uh, switch to the next slide. We'll see. Uh, We were only able to offer seven classes. 2017, my father-in-law, Bill, arrives but had to get settled in and and, and acquainted with everything that was happening. So six classes. 2018, he's up and running, and there were 24 classes with a total of 1,110 students that year around Africa. That's 900 new students in just one year. Truly trying to equip all of God's servants at whatever education level that they've had to go and do the work that he has for them. 
So God is clearly at work. And here's what we see from our graduates now. A variety of of opportunities of service for them. As we look at the next slide, you'll see that we're equipping them, obviously with knowledge in their head, but discipleship, life transformation in the heart, and skills that they can go out and use with their hands. So some of them literally use their hands for sign language. Um, Missions, church planting, pastoring of established churches, Bible institutes. Some of our graduates have started Bible institutes in their own countries where they went back to. Biblical counseling, orphan ministries. Uh, We've got a partnership with Crossway now for Christian publishing so that we can, our our graduates are the ones leading this. We've got um, the ability to now print books that are published here in America, print them there so that we don't have to pay the expensive shipping costs or printing costs from here. And we are working on getting it into multiple languages as well. We also have our graduates who are authoring articles and even books. One of our graduates has recently written a book on the dangers of the prosperity gospel. And some of his co-authors on that are John Piper and um, uh, Conrad Mbewe. And um, I just forgot. No, I thought so and I was wrong. It wasn't MacArthur. It was the other, uh, uh, oh, I just forgot the theologian's book that we were using. Anyway, he, uh, he's written with all of these guys. These are what's happening with our graduates now. And it's so thrilling to see. And so as we conclude today, I want to end by you getting to hear from one of our graduates. If you can start pulling up the video. While they're pulling up the video, let me just... Uh, encourage you on your way out to grab one of our prayer cards. They're there out there at the connection table. And if you don't already get our prayer letter, you can also sign up. Just give us your email address. And every other month, we send out an update prayer letter so you can see what God is doing and how you can continue praying and encouraging us as we go along. But uh, please grab that. And also, you can follow us on Facebook. But let's hear from Joseph, one of our graduates was broken and I wasn't hiding anymore I was just as bad as anybody else could be and God that moment actually lifted up uh, my pride of thinking I'm better than most and I'm good with God and, and it was until that time that I knew that I needed the Savior Jesus Christ who would make me righteous and uh, he really did he, he saved me that day God has called me to the country of Malawi to minister there. It's a, it's a country which, is, which has a population of 17 million with 26 uh, groups, people groups in there. And uh, specifically, God has called me to the uh, tribe of Yao. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's unreached. It's one of the uh, unreached people groups here in Africa. And uh, God has specifically burdened me for that particular tribe because I am one of them. And uh, I've seen the power of God in myself working. And I know God with His uh, desire and, and glory. He, he has some there which He wants to serve as well. So God has burdened me specifically for that is to see God raising up men from within that community who would influence other men 
just in that particular tribe and I, I think God is leading me into that direction that if I could influence many with the gospel of Christ then uh, the, the gospel actually go much better. So I think for me what God can do to me it's actually allowing me to be his servant. It's a, if God is the king of kings, he's, he's high above all, the best thing he can do to me is to allow me to be his servant. I mean, I, I want to be doing service for Christ. That's, that's the best thing Christ will allow me to do. unstoppable God truly is unstoppable. Joseph is from a tribe that is still considered unreached because less than 2% of the population of that tribe have put their faith in Christ and most have never heard. In fact, they are primarily Muslim. Joseph was my teacher's assistant helping me as he was working on his master's degree and we were putting together curriculum for the bachelor's degree missions program, and I wanted to introduce them to the concept of unreached people groups. So we looked at his own country of Malawi, and you should have seen his eyes widen when he said, my own tribe is unreached. He just graduated. He's back, and within his first week, he was sending me pictures of people he had just led to the Lord and was baptizing them and serving there and starting a new Bible institute there. And so... This truly is the story of Africa, the gospel, and you, Porterfield Baptist Church. You've partnered with us from the beginning. When you pray for us, these are the fruits of your prayers. When you partner with us, this is the fruit of your investment. You're laying up treasures in heaven where moth does not destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. Thank you so much for serving this unstoppable God, the impossible things shall be done, and as we've seen today, they have been done. Thank you. Actually, Jamie and um, Andy, if you guys are in Laurelon, let's, let's just lift them up in prayer, if that's okay. Is it okay to pray for Absolutely. you guys? Let's lift them up in prayer before we sing our, our song, and, and let's pray for Joseph, too, as he does his great work. Lord, I just thank you so much for this family. And as they get ready to travel back here in just a couple weeks, that you would just bless them. We thank you for the work that they've been doing. And Lord, one life is worth all of the things that we do to reach the gospel and to share the gospel with somebody. But I thank you for the discipleship work that's being done. I thank you for how you're not only using Jamie and Mandy, but using their children, using their whole family. I pray you just be with them, protect them, keep them safe. Watch over them and protect them. And just continue to help them to have that vision that you've called them to, to know the next step they need to take to continue to reach more people for you. We pray and lift up Joseph. Ask that you just bless him and many like him that are going out and doing great things for you. I just thank you for your power and your glory and just your love, your compassion for all of us throughout the world. And I pray for strength for this family as they are answering the call as they take that leap of faith, as Jamie talked about, 
that you'll just continue to use them to make a difference in the lives of others and that you'd use their gifts and their talents and their abilities to impact others for you. We just thank you and praise you and thank you for all that you do. In your wonderful name I pray, Jesus. Amen.